When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Quite frankly, when it comes to sports media, we need to be throwing more pies. That's steak, bourbon, and sports. Less pie, more steak. It's simple. We grill a great steak, talk about the steak. We drink great bourbon, talk about the bourbon. And we throw pies and talk about sports. Not in a literal sense. The steak and the bourbon are literal. The pie's figurative. We're making sports fun again. Or we're making fun of sports. Probably both. Join me, Ari Temkin, from the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network and Sirius XM Radio, and my good friend, Jeremy Mandel, Steak, Bourbon, and Sports on CLNS Media. Episodes available Wednesday mornings. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to and consume your podcasts and enjoy the company. This is February 25th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky, and the trade deadline has come and gone. We've been talking about it for a few weeks now, and now it's passed. It's gone. It's like it's like when there's all that hype for Christmas, and then it comes, and then the next day, you're just like, I'm so sick of Christmas. I'm so sick of this. Um, and so now the trade deadline's gone, and we're kind of, we're piecing it all together. We're seeing what happened, uh, which I think uh, we, we have to do. and and. This whole episode is dedicated to that. Uh, as I had on Mike Petralia of CLNS Media, Trags, as you know him. You know him and love him, all that fun stuff. Um, so he joined. We talked uh, everything trade deadline. We broke it all down, uh, especially, obviously, Bruins. I think I think they actually did all right. I, I think everyone's so split. Like most moves Don Sweeney does, everyone's completely for or completely against, like the Bacchus uh, signing. This deadline, I think there were so many controversial things, um, and Trags and I get into all that. Uh, one other thing I'd like to mention before we get into things, um, I never ask for it, but I feel like I should more often. If you guys would leave a five-star rating and maybe say something nice or give a review of the podcast, that would be awesome. You know I love you guys. Uh, your support means everything to me. It really does, uh, and it's been awesome of late. Uh, but if you guys could just leave a, leave a nice rating – and a review uh, wherever you get your podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever. I think this is on like everything. I'm not the one in charge of that, as you can tell. Um, but it would really mean the world to me. It'd be awesome. Uh, I love when you guys doing it. do it. I love reading them. Um, and that would be tremendous. Before we get into the conversation, sports and the spotlight once again as the NBA season and NHL season is heating up towards the playoffs. College basketball also has the drive on to March Madness, uh, which is going to be nuts, which comes up really soon, actually. I didn't realize how quick that was coming. Every year, the Mar- March Madness just hits. Um, and breaking news, you can find all the odds and information with our exclusive sportsbook partner, Bet Online. For over 20 years, BetOnline has been providing customers with the first to market odds and giving you the ability to bet anytime, anywhere. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and have a little fun with some betting action. Again, go to betonline.ag, use the promo code CLNS50, 
and get your 50% welcome bonus on the first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Mike Petralia. And we're here with Mike Petralia. Trags, what is up? Uh, how you doing, Evan? It's been a uh, busy 72 hours. Uh, maybe uh, maybe not as busy as some Bruins fans would have hoped, but uh, they did get a pair of ducks uh, on the roster to uh, prep themselves for the playoff run. Uh, and, you know, I asked Don Sweeney on uh, Monday after the trade deadline passed how he is going to evaluate uh, these trades, and he said, TBD, we'll see how uh, they mesh into our lineup and how far we get in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, it's so funny that you mentioned the trade news of Andre Kasha on Friday. It's so funny. I was uh, I was just about to leave class, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go get a haircut. I had some time on a Friday afternoon. I was like, oh, I'll go get a haircut, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, I see the Twitter notification that says, you know, Bruins have a trade in place with the Ducks. And I turned right back around plugged my laptop in and I said, I'm doing this. I'm not getting that haircut. I still have not gotten that haircut. Um, I, I said, to, you know, I won't gonna, hold it I, against you. I know. I think my hair still looks pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I mean you're young enough. It, it, it doesn't matter. I look, it looks all right. Uh, but so yeah, no, that broke on Friday. Um, totally. I was happy it broke in the afternoon and not like at 11 at night or, you know, five in the morning. I think Nemesnikov uh, was traded to the avalanche like, I woke up to that this morning, uh, which would have been very unfortunate. Like, I'd wake up during the night and check my phone and be like, I hope there's no Bruins trades because I don't want to get That's up. what I bed. did. Yeah, I don't want to get up on a bed at 2.30 in the morning to write a news piece on uh, how the Bruins traded for, you know, player X or something. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's been a crazy time. There were tons of trades, tons, especially uh, right around the deadline, which doesn't happen every year. Uh, it's always fun when it does. One of those days, I saw someone say this on Twitter, um, it's one of those days where you are on Twitter all day, like constantly. Just Absolutely. And, and it's, that's what makes the trade deadline fun, right, Evan? I mean, oh, yeah. you're, especially when you're a team like the Bruins, where you know one or two key additions at the trade deadline could push you over the top uh, during the playoffs. Um, that's what made, you know, Monday so exciting uh, if you're a hockey fan. And what really, I think, concerns the Bruins fan fan base is did they do enough will um these two additions be enough to really bolster their secondary scoring because when they were things were going well last year in the playoffs the secondary scoring was huge uh by the time you reached the end of the stanley cup final against the blues it had disappeared and that's what they hope to avoid uh this time around yeah so here are the two trades the Bruins made uh just to kind of kick the discussion off and just in case you've been living under a rock for uh you know seventy two hours and you didn't know that the Bruins made some trades uh but pretty much on Friday the Bruins uh acquired Andre Kasha in exchange for David Backus and seventy five percent of his deal so the ducks will eat seventy five percent of the money uh Axel Anderson, who's a prospect in their twenty twenty first round pick. Second deal was made Monday, right before, like two hours before the deadline. You left I think. something out. What that did I leave? Very out? key. The first round pick. Oh no, I just said that. I think. Oh, you did. Boy, am yeah. I not paying attention? Oh my god, <laughs> it's been listen a long. To, listen to me. Okay, <laughs> to me, that's the key to that deal. Is the, exactly. the first round pick? I would, the, go ahead, continue. Yeah. No. So 
The second deal was made Monday. Nick Ritchie for Danton Heinen straight up. We'll start with the Kasha deal because we have not had, we haven't been able to react on this podcast to that. Um, so Kasha for Bacchus and most of his contract, Axel Anderson and a first round pick. Uh, what were your initial thoughts on that whole, uh, trade? Well, my whole uh, reaction to that was they're trading not just for this year, but because they have him under control uh, next year and he's 24 years of age. I think they got an extra year uh, of player control and that's what I think the first round pick was for. Um, and I think they get a player who has played before with David Posternock and they obviously feel that he's going to uh, have some chemistry with another check and David Krejci on the second line. Um, I f- just sense that the they're trading for the upside here. He has had a rough season, to say the very least. He was asked on the conference call last Friday why his shot percentage has gone down, uh, and he said that's a good question. Maybe uh, I'll find you know rediscover myself and my game with the Bruins. Uh, he hopes so, and the Bruins certainly hope so. And I think that's what they were trading uh, for Andre Kosh. They were looking for some, I think, a scoring punch and some chemistry with two of the leading Czech players on the Bruins roster right now. You know, you mentioned uh, the conference call, except this is a different one, but we were both on the Don Sweeney one on Friday uh, after they broke the news. And it's from the sounds of it, it sounded like Sweeney uh, – was looking for someone, as you said, with upside who would be around for more than just be a rental, you know, and to right. be able to grow with this team, which I think is key. I The first round pick, I think, is mainly in part due to uh, giving them David Backus and 75% of his Correct. Deal. That's, a, it that's was ne- very true. It was never going to be cheap to get out from under that. And they're still not, but they mostly are. They freed up a lot of space um, that a lot of people look at and say, well, you can now – Resign Tory Krug. I think they have twenty three million in cap space for next off season, which should be enough to sign Krug to you know maximum eight million per. Which I I don't think you should go higher than. But uh, that's a whole other discussion for another day. But I do think it all came down to the Bacchus thing. Was to was they it was never going to be cheap to get rid of, of that. They had but they had to find a creative way, and um, whether or not you call that creative or expensive considering it was a first-round pick. Um, they've done that, uh, and I know we're jumping ahead here, uh, but that's what uh, Monday's trade was a lot about as well because you're getting uh, an extra um, million dollars of cap space uh, in 2020, 2021, in the 2021 season, and that's next year, and uh, with the acquisition of Nick Ritchie. And I think that's another reason uh, there was some impetus to make that deal on Monday. Yeah, it's funny. The way first-round picks were thrown around at this deadline was insane. I mean, right before the deadline hit, the Lightning sent uh, a, a 2020 first and, a, I think, a prospect for Barclay Goodrow from the Sharks and a 2023rd round pick. Barclay Goodrow is like a third or fourth liner. <laughs> I, mean, I don't – I mean, it was a big presence, but not worth the first-round pick. So first-round picks were kind of chucked around like nothing – um, once the first, once it's funny, once the Bruins lost that first round pick in the Kasha deal, it made trading with the devils for a possible Kyle oh. Palmieri trade so much harder because right. I think the devils did want a first. Um, and, and Don Sweeney alluded to that in his press conference on Monday. Uh, and that's why I asked him if he had gotten 
a good ways down the path with any team thinking they were going to consummate something. And then it fell through at the very end. And he kind of danced around that. Uh, and a few other reporters asked whether or not, you know, the loss of a first round pick uh, in the Friday deal might have impacted their ability to get uh, something done uh, closer to the deadline on Monday. And he said, well, uh, that's a tough question to answer. Maybe. Uh, but, uh, you know, we had to deal with what we had to deal with on Friday and, um, move, move forward from the position we were already in. Yeah. So, uh, let's fast forward to the trade deadline day, uh, with the Nick Ritchie deal, um, came out of left field for me. I mean, that was totally not what I expected. I expected Danton Heinen to go to New Jersey in a bigger package for Kyle Palmieri. That's what I thought all along, or I thought he'd be in some bigger package for, a, full, a, a scoring winger, a Brandon Saad, uh, mainly though Kyle Palmieri. I thought it was going to be Heinen and some prospects and maybe some second or third round picks for Kyle Palmieri. So when I saw it was one for one straight up, uh, Heinen for Nick Ritchie, my first reaction was, that's dumb. And it's, and, and I tweeted out, you know, this was, if this is one for one, this is a bad deal for the Bruins. And, you know, that was a very instinctual thing to tweet, but, my take on it was I got nothing against Nick Ritchie. You know, the advanced stats actually give Nick Ritchie the edge, Correct. at least offensively, over Danton Heinen. His high danger chances, his high danger goals for, you know, his expected goals for per 60 are better than Danton Heinen. Um, and I think he, he gives them size. He gives them more of a punch. You know, you have a response to a Tom Wilson. That's all great. Um, but I just thought Danton Heinen could have been used – as a trade, as a bigger piece in a package. For Once better. you got rid of that first round pick on Friday, that wasn't going to happen. That's kind of, if you read very subtly between the lines from Sweeney's presser on Monday, that's what he was saying is that once that first round pick was uh, gone, we're not going to trade another first round pick. Uh, again, that's what Sweeney did not say, but he intimated that um, unless you want to go full out and, you know, trade first round picks in back to back years, that's a dangerous proposition to make. Um, and I don't think Sweeney was willing to go down that path. And I think he thinks that they get the bang for the buck, no pun intended, uh, huh. in, in, you see what I did there with that. I love Ritchie. it. Six foot two, 230 pounds, a guy who can stick his ass right in front of the crease and be a presence. And uh, obviously from watching uh, a good portion of their Stanley Cup run last year, I think one area that Don Sweeney thought they were vulnerable is a net front presence. They needed more of that, not only against the Blues, but uh, against teams that uh, they had an actually, they, they had a pretty easy get time getting through. Uh, Columbus and Carolina, especially Carolina. Um, oh my know, God. <laughs> uh, the fact that they didn't have big bodies against Carolina didn't burn them when it, they needed them against St. Louis. It did burn them. So this is a way of seeing whether or not Brett Ritchie's brother can play better net front presence than uh, Brett Ritchie himself. And, you know, he, you know what, give, give Don Sweeney some credit, Evan. He made light of that situation because he acknowledged that, you know, I know the jokes are out there to be made. You know, did we get the right Richie this time? And uh, he obviously knows that, you know, they went out and got Brett Richie, brought him in uh, last summer, last off season, and it just didn't work out uh, for the Bruins. Maybe this Richie will work out. 
Nick Ritchie's going to be the next Milan Lusik. No, I, I think it's so funny. I, uh, I, I, Connor Ryan had a great tweet today. He was like, the NHL leader this season in total penalties for 60 minutes, Nick Ritchie at 2.34. Um, and it's a gif of like a Bruins fan and like a Hulk Hogan, um, Hulk Hogan beard with like a WWE wrestling belt, like playing the guitar with it. Um, it's funny. I think th- it's funny. The Nick Ritchie deal was has probably been the most controversial reaction I've seen of a Bruins move, at least from a Twitter perspective. And I think even from most writers, like everyone was pretty divided. Um, I mean, my initial thought was this is dumb. Not even really because of Ritchie. It was more because Danton Heinen, I felt, could have been used for maybe something more. Um, as I look into it more, I don't think I so. I don't well, think they Bruins felt that way at all. And uh, frankly, from what I've seen of Danton Heinen this year, uh, he had really plateaued. And I don't think they were going to get anything more out of him in the playoffs. So there's the issue. There's the reason why Danton Heinen should be traded. And it's because of Anders Bjork's emergence. That was number one. Um, with, with Kasha's addition to the lineup, Kuhlman would go down to the third line and play with yep. Coyle and Bjork. I mean, as we saw today from the lines in practice, Heinen was with the extra forwards on the fifth line. So there's really no spot. Uh, there really was never going to be a spot. Him and Bjork essentially do the same thing. Bjork does it better, has a higher offensive upside. Um, and you got some size out of it with Nick Ritchie. Um, so my overall thoughts on the, on the Bruins trade deadline performance, if we're just looking at the Bruins, if you look at before the deadline moves, they're a better team. Kasha, you know, you you got a potential scoring Absolutely. winner in Kasha. Right. Um, and with Nick Ritchie, you got bigger, and he has more offensive upside than Heinen. He is has more upside than Heinen. On paper, he's probably better. Um, so you're better. You have more cap space to re-sign guys like Krug next offseason. Um, RFAs, I think Jake DeBrusque is an RFA as well, Matt Grizzlick. Right. You have money to more money to sign them. Um, and again, the size aspect, you're a little bit bigger. You kind of satisfy everybody with that. Um, it's when you zoom out and see what the rest of the league, also before I get to the rest of the league, uh, Kyle Palmieri did not move. Chris Kreider signed to an extension with the, the Rangers and Brandon Saad didn't move. So it's not like you got outbid for a lot of these people. Um, what were your, what are your kind of overall takeaway thoughts from the deadline for the Bruins? Uh, well, uh, for the Bruins, I like what they did. I don't love it, but I, I like it. I frankly would have liked to have seen them add a big defenseman, um, somebody to compliment or not compliment to uh, add some depth uh, behind uh, Chara and Brandon Carlo in terms of guys that can bang the body around. Uh, Kevin Miller is still somewhere in, uh, you know, the uh, purgatory is the word I'm looking for the purgatory of rehabilitation for NHL players who may or may not, uh, return for the playoffs. I at this point, I'm thinking Kevin Miller is not returning, but that's just a gut sense. I I uh, agree with you. Uh, I think they're going to have enough scoring from the defense, but I'm just concerned that uh, at this point they're putting a lot of eggs in the Connor Clifton basket. Uh, they believe he can get back and produce and contribute the way he did in the playoffs last. People forget Evan that uh, Connor Clifton was a big part of their playoff run last year. Oh, yeah. 
no question about that. And I think the Bruins feel like one reason they didn't go out and spend any capital on a defenseman is because of a guy like Connor Clifton. And actually, Don Sweeney brought that up Monday. He mentioned Connor Clifton by name. I think Sweeney feels that this team has good chemistry and that they needed minor moves at the trade deadline to put themselves over over the uh, hump. And I also believe that he feels that the chemistry on this team is extraordinarily strong. And the reason he uh, really likes this team is they were, and he mentioned this on Monday, they were able to get back up on the horse very quickly after an incredibly disappointing end to last year. And I, he is, he acknowledged it on Monday and obviously Bruce Cassidy has acknowledged it since the start of training camp that it's going to be a big challenge for this team that came within 60 minutes of the Stanley cup uh, last spring to get back up the mountain. And Sweeney said on Monday, they're on the mountain. Now they're ready to begin their climb to the top. And, you know, I, I, I would say for all of those reasons, um, I think there's reason to feel that the Bruins played it right at the trade deadline. They were not going to get uh, Kyle Pal- Palmieri. That just wasn't going to happen. And it was early. It was clear early in the day um, when uh, John Davidson got the seven year extension with uh, Chris Kreider done for forty five and a half million dollars. That wasn't going to happen. So the Bruins had to cut their losses and, you know, add the best body that they could. Palmieri was going to cost you a ton. I, I, you know, Palmieri, in my opinion, was an even bigger asset than Chris Kreider. He had the extra year of control, he, a better goal scorer. You all weren't going to get him without offering up one or even two first round picks. Exactly. That, that or, or first round pick and a, uh, Studnicka, uh, Jack Studnicka. That yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think they would have parted with either of them. I think, I don't, I no. think New Jersey was looking more, a little bit lower on the prospect <laughs> end than Stanika. Um, but so you mentioned an interesting thing that isn't being brought up enough, I don't think, and it's the defensemen because uh, they didn't do it. They didn't add any defensemen right now. Is currently constructed Chara McAvoy, Carlo Krug. Uh, right now it's Grizzlick and Lazan, and then you have Clifton and Moore. Um, are you confident in that? Because the the young end of it. The back end of it, I'm not saying I'm nervous, but Clifton's returning from injury. Lazan has been great thus far, but do we really know if he can really perform in the playoffs yet? He's not a sure thing. John Moore is shaky. Uh, Matt Grizzlick kind of got tossed around by the Blues last year, as much as I love him. I mean, are you confident in that group? Yes, I am. Uh, I I think they have the bodies. The other word that Don Sweeney kept using on – Monday was depth. I think they have very good depth. And um, I maybe to your point about Grizzlick, that's where I would have liked to have seen maybe another big body, um, you know, tossed into the rotation. But that would only be in your, uh, what, third defensive pair? Yeah. Right? I mean, yep, at, at this third. point, you, Tory Krug and Matt Grizzlick are going nowhere. They are uh, terrific uh, puck carrying defenseman, right? They're, they're your best two puck carrying defensemen, correct? I oh, mean, yes. correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, so no, you're right. You're the, they're right. not going anywhere. Then you have Carlo. Then you have, um, uh, help me out. Oh, McAvoy, Charlie. Yep. Who's, uh, you know, in his own, 
coming into his own, uh, coming into his prime, as young as he is. I love Charlie McAvoy's game. Um, I'm very confident. I mean, if they stay healthy and Chara stays on the ice and can hold his own at 42 years of age, they're in, they're in a pretty strong spot. Yeah, I don't think adding defenseman was a, a, a point of concern for them. I think the main thing was scoring. But when I look at the back end, at least – from a young guy perspective, I just wonder with injuries and, and things like that. Uh, but they do, on paper, have the depth. I mean, there's no arguing that. Um, so, you know, obviously we only look through things in a Bruins realm. I think they're a better team than they were last year. I think that's safe to say. I, I really do. I think they're more experienced. Uh, you know, Charlie Coyle's been here a year now. Like, I do think they are a better team than they were last year. Tuka Rask is playing even better than he did, at least during the regular season last year. Um, but everything's relative. So you have to kind of zoom out a little bit, zoom out. Um, when you look at what the rest of the league did, and we'll mainly look at the Eastern conference because it, the West is whatever. Um, there's only one situation which the Bruins have to worry about what a team did out West. And uh, it's the Stanley cup. But so you um, in the, in the Atlantic, weird stuff happened. Um, the lightning added Blake Coleman last week, who I think is a very valuable asset, big guy, uh, power forward. Maybe Nick Ritchie was a counter to that in some way. Um, that was their big move. They added Barclay Goodrow near the deadline for a first round pick, which I didn't really understand at all. Uh, the Maple Leafs didn't do anything. I know they re-signed Jake Muzzin. Um, right. I, I don't, if I remember correctly, I don't think they did anything. Um, if they did, I'm sure you listeners will correct me, uh, but I don't think they did. They lost to a Zamboni driver though, which was incredible. Um, <laughs> That was maybe the Stunning. best sports story this year. Uh, um, I would agree with that. Totally. And and mainly from the Hurricanes perspective and Dave Ayers. I mean, what a guy. Um, so the weird thing was the Panthers. The Panthers are not out of the playoffs. I think they're two points out right now of a playoff spot. Um, they, they spent a billion dollars on a goalie this offseason. And they traded away one of their top centermen, Vincent Trocek, to the Hurricanes for uh, Lucas Walmart, Eric Halla, and I think Picks. Uh, so they, they sold. They were selling. So are they going for it? Are they not? Who knows? And no, I state- mean, I, I don't think the Panthers think they're in a position. Look, I mean, if they catch lightning in a bottle. Out. They're four points out. Yeah, or but two they- points, excuse me. It's two points. Uh, who, the Panthers are two Panthers points are out. Two points out of the third spot in the Atlantic. Uh, because – I. I don't think anybody believes in Toronto right now. The team that uh, made a couple of sneaky moves on um, Monday, Evan, and I'd like to get your feeling on this team, the way they're playing right now, the Philadelphia Flyers. They made some very under-the-radar deals (coughs) to acquire some depth. And um, I don't know. I I think um, they could be making some – uh, noise come playoff time. They are playing very, very well. Carter Hart, for the most part, has been as advertised. He's been what they really wanted um, in a goaltender for a long, long time. Uh, and, you know, they went down the uh, rabbit hole that the Bruins went down, making a deal with the Ducks, um, acquiring a center Derek Grant for a fourth-round pick and an AHLer, and they got Nate Thompson, um, again, a bottom-six center, that gives the Flyers more options moving forward. Those are two little sneaky moves for a team that is playing extremely well that could give them depth come playoff time. 
So my next point, well, first of all, I wanted to just to stay in the Atlantic for two seconds. We'll move right into the Metro after Wayne Simmons to the Sabres. I, you know, I, I just didn't, I mean, it didn't cost them much, but like, are they going for it? I, I, I don't really know. They're 66 points. Uh, the Maple Leafs are 72. So they're, they're six points out. I can't do math. Um, but on the topic <laughs> of the Metro, on the topic of the Metro, uh, the Metro got a lot better, like a lot better. So you have the Flyers making those subtle moves, guys like Nate Thompson, uh, Derek Grant, um, Joel Farabee. Excuse me. He was already on the team. I'm just yep. reading off a list of transactions they made. Um, he, so Joel, they did not add Joel Farabee. Uh, he was sent down. No, to the he's minors. been there. Yeah. Um, but they added some subtle moves. The big thing, the big team though, was the Hurricanes. Hurricanes added, uh, Vincent Trocek. They added Sammy Vatanen and, um, they added, uh, another defenseman. I'm blanking on the name. Uh, Brady Spasky for a first round pick from the Rangers. Uh, you had the Islanders add JG Peugeot. Um, you had all these moves happen in the Metro. All these teams are getting better. Ilya Kovalchuk goes to the Capitals. So I have Ilya Kovalchuk with Ovechkin. The uh, Penguins added Connor Sheary. Patrick Marlowe. <laughs> also Patrick Marlowe as well. Um, so they are not playing around over in the Metropolitan. Um, and you sort of wonder, like someone, I think it was Scott McLaughlin from EEI, if I'm not mistaken, put out a, a, a solid hypothetical. He was like, what would you rather have? Would you rather the Bruins finish in first place uh, and have home ice for the playoffs, but have to play a tough metropolitan team in the wild card round? Or would you rather finish second, sacrifice home ice to p- potentially Tampa in the second round, but you get the Maple Leafs in the first round. It's a little bit easier. See, I was, I've been wondering that myself and I, look, I think, I think the wild card is going to be dicey. We learned that last year with Tampa Bay. I actually have felt all season long that the Bruins are a tougher team than Tampa Bay was last year, but time will tell. The tough part is that they got a little bit bigger. You know, they added guys like Pat Maroon over the offseason. Now they have Blake Coleman. They have Goodrow as well. They're all big dudes. Um, And a guy like Maroon just won the cup last year. So, you know, you have that veteran presence. Right now, if the Bruins were to – if the playoffs were to begin today, the Bruins would have the Hurricanes in the first round. And if the Capitals, you know, if the Hurricanes surpass the Islanders for the second wild cards or for the first wild card spot, the Bruins play the Islanders. That, those are two tough matchups in the first round. I mean, that goes to show you um, how good the Metropolitan got. I mean, the Hurricanes obviously have lost Dougie Hamilton, who was their best defenseman, uh, but they added a bunch. The lineup is good. The Islanders are very good. The Rangers are sneaky kind of coming up on things. The Flyers are. The Penguins are already good. I mean, that's a great division. Um, And I just – I wonder, you know, the Bruins, I think, you know, added enough and they they are a better team. But I just wonder in relation to what the Metro did and what teams did there, I just kind of wonder if they did enough um, to help themselves when going against competition like that. I, you know, I have thought all along that a Bruins Flyers first round matchup would be fascinating hockey. If I'm a Bruin fan, that kind of that that matchup does concern me a little bit. The Flyers are not great defensively, so the Bruins might be able to put up uh, a ton of points uh, and and really put up some goals, prolific goal scoring for a playoff round series, but. The Flyers do have firepower, and if Carter Hart gets hot, look out. 
Yeah, I mean, right now, I think, you know, the Hurricanes don't scare me, but they're a good team. Like, that's the thing. Like, they, like you have to think they got to break through um, and get past the first round. I mean, they're, they're a great team. And the Islanders are very good, too. I mean, neither of the, I don't look at either of those teams and say, oh, that's a sweep. Oh, that's easy. They're playing the wild card. No worries. I mean, I look at the Maple Leafs and kind of think that. Um, but I look at the, the wild card teams, I go, damn. Like, those are six-game series easily, I think. Um, and again, the Bruins are motivated. They had the motivation from last year. They're a better team than they were a week ago. But the Metropolitan kind of scared me a little bit, and I think it should kind of scare everybody. So uh, it also goes to show how bad the playoff formatting is, that that it's it's formatted like this. I mean, it, it, I loved it when it was one versus eight, two versus seven, like in every other sport um, where the Bruins would play the Maple Leafs. because. The Bruins right. have the most points. And the Maple Leafs have the, lo- the lowest amount of points. Um, that's how it should be, and it isn't. But that's all. That's a dis- that's a debate we'll have uh, in April when the Bruins are knocked out in the first round by the second wild card team. Um, but I, I just, I, if I were to give the Bruins a, a trade deadline grade, I'd give them a B, B, B minus. I was I just think thinking that. It's, it's I think a, a B a, is fair. It's a. I mean, if you looked back at last trade deadline at the time. Uh, I think people were hesitant to give up Ryan Donato um, for good reason. He was a good young prospect. Um, Marcus Johansson was a bit of an unknown, uh, but Coyle was a good addition. I think people would have given him probably a B plus, maybe in that range. Um, looking back, you'd give them an A plus. I, I mean, the, the, you just would. Johansson was an amazing pickup, and Coyle's now signed um, for five years here, and they both helped carry the Bruins to the Stanley Cup final. I wonder, though, if we're going to look back on this and say, oh, yeah, you know, Kasha, you know, I mean, the, the, the recipe is here for Kasha to succeed with, with his fellow Czech team, you know, teammate in Pasternak and his fellow Czech uh, Republic guy. And if David he's Crazy healthy. Well. Now, exactly. let's, let's not forget, he has had shoulder and concussion issues this year. He was sick uh, last week, and um, there is some concern about exactly when he'll get on the ice. It'll it'll probably be toward the end of this week. Um, I don't think he's going to get on the ice for the Tuesday night game against Calgary, but he might be on the ice uh, by Thursday, let's say. Um, and the, I think that the hope is that these uh, additions, uh, Richie and uh, Kasha, get up to speed quickly so that they're in rhythm uh, with the Bruins' top two to three lines by playoff time. And the thing that's unique about this, Evan, is how close the trade deadline is to actual playoff hockey. I know. Isn't that nuts? I was thinking the other day because, you know, I mean, playoffs are coming soon. Playoffs start in early to mid-April. Right now it's end of February. So it's like a, like we're less than two months away from playoffs. Wasn't it just yesterday we were on the ice at the Cup? Like me, you and Sierra, wasn't it just yesterday that we were there? It feels it like that. Feels like it. Um, but we're already almost there again, which is just insane to me. Um, I wonder though where they fit in the lines. Kasha played with Krejci today, or excuse me, Monday on the at practice. Uh, I wonder where Nick Ritchie fits in. I think now you're going to have third line battle. I think the third line is going to be all competition aside from Charlie Coyle. I think you're going to have Bjork, Coleman, and Nick Ritchie battling for those two wing spots. Um, I think Bjork gets uh, Bjork gets some seniority because of his chemistry with Coyle. It's been very good. 
Uh, so I think it comes down to Coleman and Richie, uh, battling it out every night for that spot. And then I wonder if, you know, if Kasha's out, does Nick Richie pop back up to the second line? Does Carson Coleman? I think Bruce Cassidy has a lot of things here at his disposal to try. Doesn't have a long time to try him out because it's so close to the right. playoffs, uh, which I think could be an issue, an issue if you don't really know what your second line is. I think that was the hope of a lot of Bruins people was that come playoff time, you'd know, all right, DeBrus, Krejci, Palmieri. Now it's a little bit up in the air, especially with Kasha's injury history. I don't think there's any question about that. And that is one of the reasons I, I like Bruce Cassidy is I think he figures things out pretty quickly and he's not afraid to experiment um, a lot in the beginning to find out what he has so that when he is more tempted to settle in on uh, some stability, he's ready to do that. But that being said, and I think we've said this together on videos before Bruce Cassidy is somebody if you're going to make a criticism of him and people have made this criticism of him in the past, he has, he's trigger happy. He will move lines around very quickly. Um, if he doesn't like what he sees right away. And I'm curious to see how Cassidy, uh, plays that going forward. Yeah. I mean, again, you said it perfectly. He's trigger happy. He just, does things like you know well, and, like, and that's just his style and it is his I, style and it's a, and I don't mind I'm it. not saying that positively or negatively that's just the way Cassidy's reputation has been is that if he doesn't like something the way it looks like right away he will not uh hesitate uh to change the lines up oh yeah and he has no problem sending messages to his own players all right Trags. well thank you for joining this was a ton of fun talking trade deadline we always have fun on this it's never like you know we do a chore. We have great chemistry. We they should they should mic up our rides into the garden. That's what they should do. Oh, they, they should do that. Def- uh, <laughs> that would be a podcast on its own. That would be some type of um, Second City podcast. Yeah, I'd be, it'd be fun. I don't remember what Second City is. I have no idea what Second City is. Yeah, look Google Second City and tell me what Canadian um, show comes up. Uh, I will do that uh, right after. But before I let you go, Trag, is there anything you'd like to plug before I let you go? Uh, no, uh, just uh, my other big uh, deal, uh, of course, on the CLNS um, streaming airwaves is Patriots Beat Podcast. That drops every Wednesday at 9 a.m. This week, we are talking with another Evan, Evan Lazar, who is out in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine. Uh, I will be having an in-depth discussion with Evan uh, this week that will drop on Wednesday morning at nine o'clock. Uh, please give a listen to that. That's Patriots beat on the CLNS media network. I think that the NFL, I think there's only one potentially one and one Patriots writer uh, in this, in this state who probably likes the combine more than he likes the Super Bowl, And I think it's Evan, Evan Lazar. <laughs> you may not be wrong about that. I think that's the the combine. I mean, the combine is right up his alley. It has to be. I mean, just it is. It's, it's funny. He had he wanted to come to a Bruins game, and he he texted me and he was like, "Hey, like, do you know who's starting tomorrow night?" And I was like, "No." Cassidy was kind of vague about it, and he's like, "My girlfriend will only go with me if Rask is starting." I was like, "What? Like, wh- why does it matter? What are you going to get there? And if Alexa and then she's going to say, "Screw it, we're going home." I mean, whatever. So that's a good answer from you, young Evan. It is. Yeah. I said, you know, I said, who cares? You know, come on. It's, it's Bruins hockey. Why don't you want to see it anyways? Um, but drags, uh, always a fun time. Always a pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for joining. Uh, and for CLS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins beat listeners have a great rest.
of your week.